0: This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,554, recorded July 21st, 2000. Something from last time we were here, something that I wrote and read, but I wanted to expand on it. So I rewrote it, in case you think it almost sounds familiar. Much of man's ordinary mental time is taken up with regrets remembrances of words and actions which the thinker now regrets. From one perspective, you could conclude that by entertaining regrets, a man continually reviews his past behavior so as to identify that which was unprofitable so as not to do it again. But make an instant investigation of this matter and ask yourself, Just how many of the various regrettable memories that pass through your mind do you actually make use of in your ongoing present life? I suggest that you cannot put any firm number on it of any size, and for the simple reason that you cannot say for certain that you even make use of any of them. The regrettable memories, that is. Consider more specifically, regrets are limited to the thinking animal, man. And while the name regret could be applied to mentally based elaborations of physical recollections of some past costly action, when the regret concerns anything that a man has ever done that was not life-threatening, then it only serves to cloud his mind by feeding it a particular type of non-essential memory that is thoroughly laced with a most insidious and destructive sham emotion, that is, regret itself. There is an old dictum that breathes both literally and allegorically. Quote, don't complain and don't explain. Which are but two inseparable partners in a common tango. Which I say is danced to the song entitled, Regret. If you are ever to see to the bottom of things, and do not complain about the words and deeds of others which your mind finds regrettable then do not ever explain, which means excuse, words and deeds of your own that you find regrettable. But it is trickier than just this even, for you should study how this matter plays out entirely within yourself, i.e., you obviously should not try to explain and excuse past actions you now regret to yourself, but it gets even better. You should also come to see that neither should you complain to yourself about anything your mind sends up as being regrettable. The advanced understanding of this business reveals to an alert man the fact that it is meaningless, thoroughly meaningless for him to even regret that he is not permanently awake. I tell you this, an enlightened mind has no regrets. Uh, Everyone knows you've heard the concept Don't explain, don't complain. And I can't recall how old that is, but I have a vague recollection of a story, perhaps apocryphal, of some famous person who I cannot remember. Somebody of the ilk of Charlemagne. I'm just somebody that supposedly translated, had a Latin translation of it, and that was their family seal, their family motto. Uh, So to my knowledge, it's many hundreds, if not thousands of years old. And I have mentioned it once or twice in the years I've been talking publicly. And I wrote about it one time somewhere. And I never failed if I was talking in public to get a reaction. Somebody gasp or people smile from ear to ear. And I've had requests that I talk about it again. And as you may note, there are folk heroes that are the living exemplars of this. Uh, You could just pass them off as being tacit or taciturn. Uh, I always think in our lifetime of the John Waynes or Clint Eastwoods of a figure who simply says so little that the matter of complaining or explaining doesn't come into play but it would be well expected and it would play out well if someone wrote a script and perhaps they have to wear a character of the kind of John Wayne, the strong silent type and they're throughout history they go back at least as far as in the western world 2500 years into Greek mythology Greek fiction and drama, the strong silent hero. But at any rate, it strikes people. It certainly struck me years ago, still does. And I'm obviously not alone since I didn't make up the term and I didn't conjure up the dramas and plays and movies of the strong silent hero. But it struck me sometime back after I started struggling with this kind of business that I'd already knew that term. But it came to me one time. The full or an expanded impact of it. Uh, I don't, I suspect that women do not or have not normally ever even thought along these lines, but I don't see that would do you any harm and I don't see why you can't make sense of it. It seems to be based upon a masculine or the kind of defensive slice, offensive maneuvers that generally the masculine member of a species has to play a kind of heroic role because there's normally the male who is defending territory uh, fighting off additional males once he has a harem or once he has a mate. But consider into humans and I assume it will strike most men easily, but there is something unheroic. I guess to make it easiest I can just do it all from my perspective and see how you enjoy it, how much you can agree from your view, but there is something completely unheroic about a man who will complain. Most people probably see the latter part, the easiest, of people who would explain and explain, I've always taken in the sense of the, my interpretation of the dictum of don't don't complain, don't explain, explain in the sense of excusing yourself. That is, you explain something. But, well, i tell you why I did this. Now, when someone gives such an explanation as that, it is for the basis of excusing their behavior. They have either been reprimanded, And feel the need to defend what they did or said. And so they explain. Or else they simply feel regret once they have done or said a certain thing. And then they say, by the way, what I said earlier, let me explain. Perhaps you didn't understand exactly what I meant. So it's either them reacting to external stimuli or their own internal stimuli. In both cases, they regret what has happened which I'll get to in a minute because that's why I see it as the, tied to the whole idea of regret. But at any rate, there is something absolutely to me, and obviously just many other people, something absolutely unheroic, if not downright despicable, wimpy, just disgusting, of a man, especially attempting to appear as a hero, but a man... Explaining himself. Now remember, I'm talking about the world of the discretionary mind, my secondary realm. It's not a man explaining how to build a wheel. It's not a man explaining how to carry fire about. We're not talking about essential matters. We're talking about matters that are in the world of the (coughs) conscious. The world as developed by man's conscious mind, not his instinctive mind. So to explain is to attempt to explain you. Explain your behavior, explain what you said. There is something absolutely unheroic, if not despicable, to me. Of a man who will attempt to explain himself. A man who feels the need to explain himself. The complaining part, uh, I could be wrong, but to me, I figure... My judgment of it, it would be trickier and is more subtle for ordinary people to have any grasp of. I'm sort of surprised that that was in the dictum. It may be just because don't explain, don't complain rhymes. But there is something also to me absolutely unheroic, if not downright despicable, to a man complaining. To me, it fits no idea of a hero, none whatsoever none 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 if a man would complain and I have seen some of it as I said I can't be alone I have seen some of it depicted in movies now we're in a hero a western hero or some hero i can't but i know I've seen it more than several times that something uh, very unsportsmanlike has been done to our hero someone attempted to shoot him in the back He comes into town limping. And someone says, what happened? His sheriff, some friends of his, what happened? He goes, it's nothing. But it turns out, as we know, he was shot in the back. Somebody shot him from the rear and just happened to him in the leg instead of killing him. And he still was able to fall down, turn around and kill the person. I mean, a real hero. And it turns out he won't even complain about it. And of course, to make it really play in movies and to ordinary people someone has to bring it up it can't be that just us the audience or the reader knows it. it has to be that somewhere along the way after he's limped for an hour or so that somebody comes into town and says to a group of men or the sheriff says sheriff you don't know that guy there he says yeah i know him he says "Boy, you don't know what he did somebody snuck up behind him i was behind a rock and saw it and they tried to shoot him and the guy was such a bad shot he hit him in the leg and he turned around And still managed, even though he fell down one day, to shoot the guy before he could fire off another shot. And so the sheriff, the townspeople, they all turn to the hero and go, "Why Why didn't you say something? God Almighty. And he just gives a look like he would not complain. And you could see it, by the way, as portrayed by Socrates. Of course, Socrates almost did. What well, do you can see it as, as Jesus? What do you have to say for yourself? And he had nothing to say. Pilate, his judge, reads out the charges, winks, and says, well, you know, say something. You know, promise not to do it. You know, what do you have to say for yourself? And the charges were flimsy. Same as against Socrates. And these are just two of the better known stories. He did not explain himself, just refused. And the tacit part of the story, such as with Jesus, and it came out literally in Socrates, is uh, but Pilate, the court that was seeing a judgment of him, was winking and in essence saying, you know, give us some kind of cockamamie story, just you know, say something, and you know, we'll get this done with, we'll turn you loose, and we'll give you a fine, confine you to the house for a few days. He wouldn't say anything. They had to point out, you know, if you don't say anything, this is a serious charge, and I'll have no choice but to find you guilty, and you can die. And all you got to do is, you know, say something. Say you won't do it again. Say that that people misunderstood what you meant. And he would not explain himself. But also notice he did not complain. The story of Socrates went a bit further because of his long discourse, because he did say something, as you may remember. When the court asked, they asked him, well, they gave him his choice. You know, they gave him a way out because all he had to do was agree not to continue corrupting the morals of the Utes of Athens. Because <laughs> I don't know where you know the real joke. They don't repeat it, but that Socrates said that he wondered where these American Indians came from in Athens in 2500 B.C. <laughs> and Someone had to say, nah, he meant youths, not youths. Better than him. That was just be my private joke to myself. But at any rate, they told, you know, Socrates, just, you know, agree not to do it again. Just say that you won't do it. And he wouldn't say that. He said, well, I'm not going to say that. And so, and they said, well, we're going to death. And they said, do you have anything to say? Now, he was already past the point of excusing himself. See, because he refused to do that. But he did speak. And he spoke to the matter. Uh, but at any rate, back to the main point I was making. Uh, there's a long history of people not explaining and not complaining, even when it's justified. But I don't know how, because we know religious people do not take the story of Jesus in any way that I just said, and I've never heard a philosophy professor uh, make any great point, or any notice in the way in which I have just analyzed Socrates' closing comments to the people of Greece, the people of Athens. But both in both cases, they would be well within their rights to complain, would they not? A man being shot in the back, a man who's been mistreated by the townsfolk, a man with a grudge that we know about in fiction or in history, and he still does not complain. I don't know how much ordinary people would ever get out of that, even if it was pointed out to them. But I say personally, and I'm saying, as far as I'm concerned, it's more than just me personally. I'm tempted to say from a more awakened view that a man would not complain about anything. I mean, he wouldn't complain about the idiocy of the world. He wouldn't complain because uh, prices are too high. I don't know any more to say to any of you, whether you get it or not. I can't see anybody complaining who's awake. If you understand anything, you won't complain. Even though if the rest of the world said, well, you'd be justified. Look how you've been mistreated. It could have been you've been shot in the back, you've been cheated on, you could be all kinds of stuff. Okay. What can I tell you? Ask yourself, what's the use? What's the point? You can call it all kinds of things, but what is it besides now I'm childish Whining? If there was something to do about it, you should do something about it. If there's nothing to do about it, I talk about it. I'm going to leave it with you, that part. When it came to me years ago, when this came back to me once I got involved in this kind of business, then it hit me on a different level. Just one day, I remember this whole thing came back to me. Don't explain, don't complain. Of the whole thing exclusively... Strictly being applied to yourself. That you're not even taking into consideration other people. They're going to figure in what I'm about to say for a minute, but all this you would do alone. All this you would do in your head. It's not something you would do or not do in front of other people. No one would know that you were doing it or not doing it but you is what I mean by strictly applying it to you. the way in which it hit me extraordinarily applicable to this kind of business was in spite of what I was already involved doing, trying to observe myself and be mindful and all that sort of thing. It hit me that a man should not be explaining himself to himself. And that hit me 30, 40 years ago, and it's only recently that it came back to me, and I realized that, what the line, that I understood it, an inch deep. And now I understand it deep enough that I could fall in it and somebody would have to pull me out with a winch. It's like a well. There's much more to it. It goes right to the bottom of everything, is what I'm trying to say. That is, all attempts to awaken, whatever you call it, all attempts to achieve enlightenment. Whatever method, whatever attempt to discipline, I don't care what it was, chanting, meditating, studying some supposed holy, enlightened scripture, trying to continue to observe yourself, trying to be a witness to your own consciousness, anything you've ever heard of, anything I've ever made up, myself. If you can see it in a certain way, it is all an ongoing explanation to yourself of yourself. And I repeat, I don't see any way around it. You would never get started unless you became involved with something similar to that. But I still say that that dictum is as is more applicable to us people like us than to anybody. That a man should not be explaining himself to himself. He should not be explaining his behavior. He should not be, of course, to explain it, it's always going to be regrettable. It's always going to be something that you wish, well, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. And you attempt to explain it. Your mind might suddenly pull in psychological notions that you've read about. You might even try to pull in something I've said. You might even try to pull in what you think is your own observation. Like, well, you're thinking about something that you had done in the past, something you'd said. And you're attempting to explain it to yourself. So it's always a matter of regret. That is, you're condemning yourself, you regret that you did it. And so you're attempting to explain it to yourself. And it could be something such as, well, my my particular form of sleep I have observed after years of observation is based upon a kind of aggression to my fellow man. And so me speaking that harshly, the way in which I now regret to somebody, no, that's nothing new to me. It's just the same old shit. I just got to snap out of it. I got to be more alert. I've got to stay on top of my own tongue. I have simply got to stay more awake. you got to, to see it for yourself for this to make any sense, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I say, if you can see it in a certain way, you realize that's accomplishing nothing or back to the dictum, don't do it. Don't explain. Don't complain. Don't explain to yourself. Uh, There's a way in which I was going to present the reason, but I think I'll wait until we've got a bigger crowd. It's what I've been building up to having to do with men not being able to tell the truth about themselves. And the reason why that I've never expressed in the way in which I was plan to. But it's at the heart of that of not being able to tell the truth about yourself. No one is. Because the mind can't. The conscious mind cannot. And so any explanation that you give, and I don't care, you could be Buddha. If Buddha, in his own head, was attempting to explain to himself why he did something, why he said something, Buddha would be In la-la land. Buddha would be sawing wood, as they used to say, while standing in front of you with his eyes wide open. He would be in a world of atrocious dreams. (coughs) Because you can't do it. Any explanation that you give to yourself about yourself is not true. It can't be true. Plus, I ask you again, for those of you who don't like it, I hope. If you see what I'm saying and realize that you have spent a lifetime doing it, my question, or you should ask yourself, I suggest, exactly what good has it done? Exactly what has it accomplished? than the fact that I can delude myself and say, oh, it's accomplished a lot. The other side of it, applied strictly inside your own head which is I noted I see it as simply the other side of the same coin, but is not even complaining to yourself about yourself. Beyond any attempted explanations, coom excuses about what you've done, is simply don't complain about it. If you can do that, then you can ignore the other part. All you gotta do is not complain and all the dangers of attempted explanations analyzations and excuses for yourself for what you are for what you seem to be So that's the problem because as long as you are using the mind and you're attempting to explain to yourself and it sounds very reasonable amongst people like us and i have made it sound so i take responsibility because i did it to myself also and. As I said, I don't see any way around it. You have to go through it. That it seems to be not only reasonable, rational, but it seems to be quite beneficial in understanding yourself. And to continually being observing yourself, questioning everything you do, doubting the validity of what you've done, doubting your own express motives or the obvious motives, always engaged in a an ongoing inquiry into the nature of what you are. And what you say you are compared to what you say you are. All of that. But I say that any attempted explanation is doomed to failure. And once you realize that, it's not, it's not just a waste of time anymore because the mind continues to believe that it's making progress. If you just wouldn't complain, then there would be no explanations. If a man simply would not complain, Or one of those old ones that I used to pull out. I can see this sure as hell true. If you could mentally never complain again, you wouldn't be asleep. You'd have no complaint about anything. No complaint about your state of consciousness, your state of mind. I guess I'd never see you again. All you have to do is not, if you can find some way to do it, is not entertain complaints. Something I mentioned last time, whether you see the connection, I'll bring it up. Do you realize that every complaint that a man has about himself is based upon the unanalyzed, the unrealized assumption, the accepted assumption that there's something foreign in you? And ask you again, where did it come from? How did it get there? How can a man be trying to resist some part of himself without doing something unexpected, without having something unexpected result from it? How can you attempt to hold down your thumb with your thumb and not get, eventually, once you rise up, and not find it, shall we say, frustrating? That it has had unexpected results. That by trying to calm the mind, you simply agitate it. By trying to study yourself so as to better understand yourself, in one sense, you become even more ignorant of what you are. It doesn't seem possible, but it's true. Because if you attempt to study yourself, ad infinitum, you know less and less about yourself because eventually what should happen is you realize the folly of what you're doing and realize that the thing attempting to understand yourself can't understand itself. So how's it going to understand anything else? Well, I'm going to leave it tonight then. One other thing. I was just staying here and I did it again in my own head. I used to do it every few years, or it happened. That I suddenly saw again, I don't know how else to explain it to you. Complaining. And I don't mean just people complaining amongst themselves, that's easy. I'm talking about the mind continually is complaining about life. That is being asleep, that is the normal state of the mind. But that is what mystics call being asleep. Their view normally, or at least their written view, in the way in which I for years interpreted it from my reading, their view of it is not near expansive enough. Because they keep seeing, as far as I can tell, they keep seeing the state of sleep, the state of delusion, as being something foreign, as being something untoward, as being something to be resisted, to be something that should be overcome, cast out of a man. It's just foolish. It's not possible. The mind can believe it is, but it's not possible. Sometimes I can see the whole idea of complaining what I was starting to say, and I just really want to laugh and walk off the edge of the planet. And would like to walk away from my mind forever. There is no greater manifestation. You can forget killing people in your mind, committing adultery and other strange sexual acts. You can forget eating pork sandwiches. There is nothing more foolish, more asleep, more idiotic than complaining. I don't know how to say it. It's not some theory. It's not me trying to cheer anybody up and going, well, life is good. You shouldn't complain. Life isn't good. Life isn't bad. But complaining. And I don't care about what. Just the word complain. To me, the whole universe can light up and it slices. sleep. Sleep. Hypnosis. Moronic. uh, Idiocy. Complain. Yet all you got to do is notice. Even if you stay at home and don't talk to anybody, your mind is continually Complaining. And the subtle, tricky part is that you can believe. Well, I'll even give you credit. You can believe that you have cut way back on your complaints about life. I'm sure that there's some of you, because I went through it. So I'm feel sure that there's some of you that probably believe, and I understand why, that believe that you have cut back, or probably abandoned almost all complaints about other people. Oh yeah, they pop up if you unexpected if somebody bumps into you and says, "Got a damn way." Before you catch yourself, you may make a complaint to yourself like, well, you know, screw you too. But if we were discussing it, you might say, oh, I used to be a real firebrand. I used to have great political opinions. I used to have strong views about sex, morality, et cetera. And I used to complain about other people whose views didn't match mine. But, you know, thanks to being involved with this business, you know, I realized that my view is not necessarily better and blah, blah, blah. So you can believe that. And I understand you believing it sincerely. But you. Even if it were true. By witness. Of your presence here. You still complain about your state. You complain about who you are. Because we normally say. You're still complaining about your state of consciousness. Your state of mind. But you're still complaining about you. No matter how you cut it. And I'm telling you it's just laughable not because you're a fine person you're not a fine person you're not an unfine person but to have a complaint of course i have to do my pledge of honesty I've got to conclude by pointing this out it's not just have a complaint I as mean, so I get to the bottom of it as always and leave it here if you have any to even to yourself comment about things It's laughable. The universe should be laughing other than the fact that for some reason it wants man to have comments. But any comment you have like what's this? You don't say. I didn't know that. Or even oh (laughs) you're asleep. Nothing deserves a comment not unless you're asleep. See I'm sorry I even made that comment. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at JanCox.com where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest or just leave us a message.